we are human beings that live our lives and experience life through our senses. It's the only way you can experience life. And your senses are what you see, what you hear, what you touch, so tactile, your intuitive, um, what you taste, what you smell, and, and your self-talk. So what you say to yourself is really key. You know, you live and die by the quality of your self-talk. So when you understand that, that's the first step. That's where the patterns are created. Junkies podcast brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. We're also excited to now be a part of the fast-growing Evergreen Podcast Network. Today, we have Deborah Peters with us, and the title of the program is Reprogramming Your Patterns to Achieve Your Greatness. Deborah has been working in mindsets and growth mindsets and what she calls program repatterning for a couple of decades, over 25 years. And she's here today to talk about just that, the way that our mindsets create our realities, our experiences, and our results. She's going to spend a lot of time talking about the ways that patterns are created and the ways we can reprogram them, not only thought patterns, but our emotional programming that gets in the way of what we want to achieve. She's going to talk about this in terms of leadership, business growth, and our lives at, at large. She's going to talk about three types of energies that every company needs, movers, ideas, and connectors. She's going to spend a good bit of time talking about fear and helping people get past their old ways of seeing themselves in the world in order to create new realities for them with simple shifts in mindset. Welcome to the Leadership Junkies podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. We are so excited to be back here today. And we're going to have, I think, a twist on our leadership conversations we've been having for the last you know, 18 months or more now. We have Deborah Peters with us today. She is the founder of an organization called Neuroengineering Institute. She's an international business coach and a mindset expert. She has done training, coaching, and keynotes to companies in 17 countries and a wide range of industries over the past 20 years. Personally, she's, she was a single mother at 15, came out of a trauma-based background, poverty-stricken, alcoholic, abusive situation, but she has, as she says, as she describes it, outlived her past <laughs> and has created a thriving life and an organization that's of service to humanity through business growth. And what they say at the Neuroengineering Institute is that they guide business leaders into alignment with their highest potential, cultivating mastery of mind, life, and business. And that is what we are all about here at Leadership Junkies, bringing that integration to leadership and life. So welcome, Deborah. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to be on your show. Glad to have you. So Deborah, give us a little bit of the Deborah Peters background story. 
Well, you had a little snippet of it there. Um, I grew up in a farming community, very rural. And, um, you know, there was a lot going on in my family. So uh, I'm the youngest of three girls and my sisters were, you know, 10 years older. So they were gone. And I just had loads of free time and free space to ride my horses and and stay tuned into my imagination. Um, my dad died when I was seven and my mom decided to keep the farm and learn how to run it. So, yeah, she wasn't around a lot. You know, she was making things happen. And um, it was a blessing, really, because it it completely enabled me to self-discover. And I've hung on to that all my life. You know, as adults, I think most people give up on that. And, you know, I still have this this innate childlike curiosity about <laughs> possibilities in life. And, right. and I, I've used it to develop my business and, and uh, help my clients create what they want to create. Awesome. So Deborah, your, your organization is called Neuroengineering Institute. Give us a little of the backstory on that. And when did you start it? And what is it all about? Right. I know it's interesting because when I created that name, um, I was actually dating someone when I created that name and he thought it was the worst name <laughs> I could ever come up with. And so now it's turned into being this huge um, inspiration for me. You know, I have been doing this a long time and there's most of it where I was really ahead of my time. You know, the marketplace couldn't quite they could hear me, but they couldn't hear me, you know? What I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, um, as I've been developing this, or maybe it's been developing me, you know, and, and taking me on this journey of creating tools and programs for business leaders before they know they need them yet. And therein lies the whole process. You know, we can repattern anything. Any, any choke point, any thought pattern, any emotional program that is keeping us from our greatness, we can repattern that. And that's where the name came from. I just, at the time, didn't really um, know how huge it was going to be. <laughs> well, there's certainly a lot of people that talk about the, the mind and so forth. And I'm, I'm wondering... When Carol Dweck's book came out about mindset, did that kind of bring the whole idea to the forefront a little bit? No, I was oh, already okay. there. Yeah, I just couldn't understand for so long why people didn't get that mindset was really the key to everything. <laughs> yes. I mean, I cut my teeth on the old school guys like Zig Ziglar. Oh, yeah. I was front row. Um, yep. You know, <sighs> Augmandino, you know, the old school guys, the Brian the, Tracy, Jim Rohn. Yeah. Well, well, Jim Rohn, yeah. And and you know, even going back further to Florence Scovel Shin and oh, wow. Wallace D. Waddles oh, and Gale? <laughs> Yes, and Charles Hannell, you know, wow. that's where okay. I cut my teeth. So I've been even you, you know, remember when positive psychology was a thing? It became a thing. And I'm like, why wouldn't all psychology? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, what are you people talking about? But th therein lies the, how we birth these 
concepts into acceptance in the marketplace and we call them a trend, but they've been there forever. That was the way my mom was. She was just always positive, always, you know, blowing sunshine up our pant legs or skirts, depending on whether it was me or my sisters. Yeah. See, I learned that as a kid. I learned that as a kid because, you know, having your dad die when you're seven and being in an alcoholic family with crazy stuff going on, you have to make a decision. You know, is this going to define me or am I going to figure something else out in terms of what I focus on? I didn't know how to put it into words like that, you know, when I was five or seven (laughs) or whatever, but I felt it. And I knew it, like I knew it in my heart. Wow. So it's been there all along. And we all have it, right? We all have it. You just have to, it's a decision to choose to focus on it. So Deborah, let's talk about that. What would you say today is this, I'm going to call it the state of mindset. In that, I would say today, more than 20 years ago, more people talk about mindset but I'm not sure they actually live it. It's like they've accepted the concept, but they haven't really integrated it. So talk about the state of mindset and leadership today. That's the whole process, isn't it? You know, everything starts with, um, well, not everything, but but just for sake of conversation, right? Embracing growth starts with, a thought, which is an intellectual concept. It has nothing to do with your heart. It's an intellectual concept. Now, the real journey, the real process is taking it from your head to your heart. You know, there's layers of awareness. It's basically what we're talking about when you say state of mindset today. There's many layers of, I call it consciousness. You know, let's take a past mindset. It's really consciousness. How conscious of yourself are you? How how aware, self-aware are you? And taking it to that place of, okay, I under I think I understand this in my thoughts, but I don't know how to live it, or I don't even know you can live it. It's just a mental conversation. And then eventually it starts to have more impact, I would say. So, you know, we, so belief is, is a lower level of awareness. And then there's knowing. So you can go from hope to belief to knowing. When you know something, it's connecting between your head and your heart. When you hope for something or when you believe something, When you believe something, you're still convincing yourself that it's real. But when you know something, there's no convincing. You just know it. So let me let me play this out because there's so much in just what you just shared in that response. We had a guest early in the podcast who was talking about servant leadership. Right. And his example was he said, look, he said, I've been doing this 25 years. And he said, "I've, I've never had a leader say my intention is to be a jerk. And he said, 90% of leaders think they're servant leaders, but only 10% really are. And I think there's some similar numbers when we talk about people who say they have a growth mindset, people who say they're really self-aware, they're really conscious. Talk about 
I, I guess it's still that connection thing. Like they've intellectualized it and they really like saying it, but it doesn't show up in their leadership. Right, because they haven't, I use the word download. They haven't downloaded it yet. You know, it's still a mental, I could use a word there, but you know, it's still a mental um, sort of like dance that goes on. And, you know, if you got to talk about it, if you have to claim it, then you're really not it. You know, it's, you're not being, you're not the yogi yet, right? Or the Yoda, you're, you're still talking about it. And there's a difference between being it and talking about it. When you're being it, there's nothing to say. That's a, it's interesting you brought that up because I think in the last week we had a podcast where I started making a list. I have to find it because I want to do a video on it of all the things that when people say it, you might as well conclude it's the opposite. <laughs> like when someone says, I have a growth mindset, I'm really self-aware. Um, you know, that we have, I don't have any blind spots. I don't have any blind spots. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. I know all my blind spots. Yeah, right. Oh, hello. Hi. And, and so I think that's one of those that there's a lot of people that like, to, I love what you said, like talking about it because I don't decide how conscious, I mean, I do the work, but others decide if they experience me that way. Yeah. Right. Isn't that oh, what leadership is about? It's the other's perspective, not mine. Exactly. And therein lies the rub. It's, you know, are you really being it? Or are you trying to convince people that you are it? <laughs> so you don't have to be it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's yeah. interesting because I see so many people who do the work like Jeff. Um, Jeff and I have spent a lot of time going through this. And I, I'll say this podcast, just, just all of the fantastic guests we've had on here has helped me to grow tremendously. I think it's done the same with Jeff as well new perspectives and things like that. But, you know, we, we still have to apply it into our lives. And, and now when I have the opportunity to lead, I think about, Hey, you know what, I've learned some new things. Let's try this out. And so it's, it's fun to in integrate all of those new things that we learn here. For sure. I mean, let's just take it off of business for a second and put it on social, yeah, like a social environment. So, because I find sometimes just playing it out as a metaphor helps people unpack it in their mind. So let's say um, the difference between, let's say you're at a party, okay? And there's, there's two people that are like the light shines from them. One, <laughs> let's say, let's just right. say for sake conversation. The one person, the light shines from them because they're boisterous, they're, you know, making sure everybody notices them and they're, you know, they're being sort of more zealous, right? Right. And then there's the person that just walks in the room and is it. <laughs> and that's basically what we're talking about, Jeff. It's like, yeah. you can either talk about being it or you can just be it. That is such a great example. Uh, probably, I'm going to say five to seven years ago, roughly, I was still living in Cleveland and I walked into an event and saw someone I knew. She's a coach and hadn't seen her in a while. And I went over and saw her and said hello. And that's exactly what she said to me. 
She said, Jeff, when you walked in the room, I turned because I felt you come in. <laughs> and she said, there's like this light around you. And in the past, Jeff, you were always like turning it on. You were, you were like, you had this switch, you were pushing it. Now it's just, and I, and, I, and that's, you know, it's not the end. It's, the, it's an ongoing journey, but, and it feels different. It's you hard. know, I know when I'm trying versus yeah. when I'm just being. It's effortless. It's effortless. Yeah. Well, and you said it, the word you said was pushing. So mm-hmm. this, um, this is a good one. So, you know, this is the shift that we're in. If, if we go back to the point where you asked about, you know, where's mindset at right now? And people are talking about it a lot. So it has to go through its, this, this concept of mindset of being self-aware has kind of become a sexy trend. And, you know, isn't that the way everything comes into the world? It, it comes in as being the next best thing. I mean, look at your technology. You have to have the latest phone because it's the next best, best thing. And then soon it becomes ho-hum. It's really not that big of a deal because you've become, you know, sort of integrated with the use of it. And so now we want the next best thing, which is, by the way, one of our prime directives and how we're hard drive, hardwired. So there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not talking about the wrongness of it. But the thing is, is that as this sexy trend becomes the new awareness for, say, the masses, like it becomes a mass consciousness or a mass awareness, then less people need to espouse it and project it as my new badge of honor um, to actually just being it. And that beingness is about receiving. And therein lies the ease and the flow to life. Well, it's, it's kind of like riding a bike or learning to drive. When, once you, you know, when you're doing it, when you're learning, you're telling everybody, hey, I'm learning how to drive. I'm, you know, I'm becoming a driver. Or I'm a driver now. Exactly. And once you get it down, you don't tell anybody, hey, Jeff, I can drive. I know. No, duh. You know, I if you don't, here. I'm wondering about you, right? Yeah. So, Deborah, I, I want to go back to something you said, I think, in your opening comments. You talked about working with leaders before they know they need it. Can you talk more about that? Because I, I would say that that's pretty rare that people are getting something they don't know they need yet. That would be great. But it sounds like that's what's happening with you and the work you do. So talk more about that. It's interesting. Um, I had to figure out a way back in the day when I started putting out programs and offerings. I had to find a way to package whether it was a seminar or a coaching program, you know, back when I did one-on-ones um, that would language it in such a way that they would, because it was a very intellectual thing that they could see the need, you know, because there has to be a need. You have to problem solution, problem solution. You have to meet the need or what are you doing? Um, but Every single time, what I was doing with the work I was doing with them really wasn't on the surface level at all. It was all the deep growth work, the deep 
self-awareness work, the deep change work that then from that came the big contracts, the high levels of profitability, the, the high performing teams. Like it just, those are symptoms. Great point. Those are symptoms and it, you know, success is an inside job. So <laughs> yes. I have this thing about grinding. I think it's just such an ego based, you know, it's just another way of saying, Hey, I eat lunch at my desk and I don't take vacation. Look how, look how great I am. I'm you know? better than you. Yeah. It's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't now. I would say that's the person that, you know, they may choose that lifestyle and that's, that's totally fine. But if they think that that's what makes them better than somebody else, it's like, you gotta, you gotta really wonder is, is this the kind of person I want to be around? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, because it's uh, it's, you know, everything is about our, our values and what do we value? I think that it's not so much, I mean, this is very individual, obviously, but on a grander scale, I, I don't really think it's about being better than others. It's, it's a way of validating themselves. Like, so, so when we talk about the difference between projecting and receiving really is about, you know, coming out of a paradigm that life is hard, life is a struggle and most people fail, which is absolutely not the truth. And you know, we've bought into this idea that through that, through that paradigm, that you have to earn everything. Well, you really don't earn anything. So grinding is attached to earning. Everything is creation. So you don't have to grind. The notion of grinding, I feel like is this uh, self-validation of earning. It's like, okay, if I really grind hard, then whatever I earn, I am entitled to. <laughs> well, there's a great quote by Eric Heller. It says, be careful how you interpret the world. It really is like that. Right. <laughs> I know. It's everything. It's absolutely everything. And so, again, you know, I think there's this shift going on with people and they're in the a lot of people are in this space of they don't really know what's happening with them because the, and I went through this too. I remember years ago making a, um, a pivot from calling, you know, going to networking events, meeting people, getting cards, doing follow-up. When I transitioned out of that, I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> How does this work? Like, just you a mean different I, paradigm. Yeah, it's a different paradigm. Yeah. Really. Well, with your business, as as you do work with people in the you know who are leaders, what is some of the first work that you do? How are you digging in with them and kind of assessing their foundation? Wow. Okay. So, do you want the real answer? Or do you want the answer for all the linear-minded people? Oh no, real answer is good. <laughs> I know. I can just sense it. Okay. I just sense it. You know, it's why I've never been interested in having a stadium full of thousands of people while I'm on a stage raw rawing. It's I'm all about high touch, 
So I, I just feel it. I just know exactly what's blocking them. And sometimes it's about what I say to them. Sometimes it's about how I say it to them with um, linguistics. Sometimes it's the, you know, there's a lot in the pregnant pause. <laughs> a lot. Yes. Very yeah. pregnant pause. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The three weeks overdue pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a life experience you're going through right now? No, it's just I, I love the pause. I love the pause. And I think that we are uncomfortable with the pause. And the longer it lingers, the more depth of what comes next. <sighs> Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. I've been a Beta Gamma Sigma member for the last 20 years. If you're looking to hire the right candidate, is closer than you think. Beta Gamma Sigma is the International Business Honor Society, exclusively for students at the top of their class in the top 5% of business schools in the world. BGS members are academic achievers, skilled leaders, and experienced problem solvers, and their skills and experience extend beyond the classroom. They hold chapter leadership positions, attend global business summits, complete ethics trainings, and engage in world-class internships with top corporations. When you hire a Beta Gamma Sigma member, you are truly hiring the best in business. For more information, email bgshonors at betagammasigma.org to learn more about how to hire BGS members. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. Welcome back. So Deborah, let's let's go back to something to to start filling the gaps. In a way, it feels like you're a bit of a Trojan horse. Like people are coming in for this uh, intellectual need. Like you said, you had to figure out what they really needed. But then when they got here, you delivered what they re they really needed. And what I'm curious about are there some themes in what they're they think they're looking for? What's that initial connection? Mm -hmm. And then we'll get into what some of the underlying deeper truths are. But what are the issues they're struggling with that they're coming to you in the first place? Yeah, you know, um, before I answer that, I, they're coming for what they want, but they're getting what they need. Awesome. Right? Because right. in the packaging, uh, I'm, I'm giving them what they 
what they want, but when they come into the program, they're getting what they need. And then what they want just shows up. So they get it all. But, and to answer your question, um, it's really, it's, it's really uh, growth. And usually things are popping so well that it's keep trying to keep up with the growth in the organization. Um, I typically get companies that are really doing well and they're, they've outgrown their vision, you know, um, which is a good problem to have. So when they outgrow their vision and here's the biggest mistake is that they often make is they'll, just kind of rework the old vision. Mm, yeah. So there's nothing worse when they're like a company, a business has an energy to it. You know, it has a vibe to it. Totally. And, right. And it'll show you where it will, it wants to grow. There's going to be markers and indicators all over the place and ignoring those causes friction and 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 choke points so the first thing is being able to recognize those and then get for a business leader like a, the c-suite for example to get out of their own thinking it's really what ends up being the focus is you have to change your thinking like you've you, you've outgrown your vision so therefore the thinking that created the vision is not going to work for the next level. Yep. And that's really took me a minute to say that, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically the leadership whisperer. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> so to so that point, Deborah, it what I heard you say is that often the companies are doing well. Yeah. And in my experience, there are a very small percentage of companies that seek to grow when they're doing well and develop. They're already doing well, right? It's comfortable. So my question is, if the company's doing well, do you find that maybe the leaders are not doing well? And that's why they're coming to you. Yeah, I mean, they're challenged because they're, all their buttons are being pushed because now it's like, now what? You know, they're like, now, now what? You know, we're, we're riding this wave, but, you know, we all know that the tide ebbs and flows. So there's usually an underlying fear, fear of, you know, you know, that's humanity, right? What do, making decisions from a fear-based reality ne are never good decisions. Would you say that fear of failure, you know, so they're, they've, they've accomplished this and they're, th are they thinking that if I now set a new goal, I might fail at that, but I'm, I'm here, I'm safe. I've, I've hit this one. And that's, that's, yeah. what my, you that's know, who I am. That's who I, yeah, there's two things that happen that I've noticed. Um, one is this erroneous belief, this false premise that in order to innovate or, or shift into that next level of growth and, and disrupt a market with, with colossal or massive growth is that they have to reinvent absolutely everything. Hmm. It's yeah. like, no, it's, it's just the smallest change for the biggest result. Yep. That's my approach. So, and then the other thing is that, you know, it's, um, 
the fear of not having all the answers and looking like they're not really a leader. And we all know that you're not, as a leader, you don't need to have all the answers. You're never going to have all the answers. Right. And that's what makes you a great leader is to say, okay, I don't have all the answers. So now what? So one thing I'm really curious about in this, Deborah, when I think mindset, I think individuals, like I have my mindset, you have your mindset, Craig has his mindset. So I'm guessing a lot of your work is with individual leaders. But is there also an element of sort of organizational or cultural mindset? And is that part of your work? Companies have mindsets. Yeah, businesses have mindset, companies have mindsets. I was alluding to that earlier when I said that, you know, they have an energy. I look at it as energy. Mm -hmm. You know, what are, there's, there's three basic energies that you need in your business. And then you can break that down into the people, but first you have to identify the energy. So, you know, you need to have, you need to have a mover, right? If you don't have a mover, you need to have, um, like an idea person because the mover and the idea people are not the same people are not that. And they're not the same energy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to have a connector because without a connector, there's nothing to move. Now these are energies. So they're, they're not people. And this is where companies, okay, I'm going to have like, you're the mover, you're the connector, <laughs> you're the creator. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's not that you can't, you can't do um, quantum work or multidimensional work with linear thinking Hmm. because it doesn't work that way. Like multidimensional thinking doesn't get stacked into a linear line of, I'm going to do this to do that, to do that, to do that, to do that. One of the um, fears, you know, going back to Jeff's question, one of the fears of the growth and allowing the company to guide the business leaders where the growth is and can be usually comes from that whole notion, you know, that um, what if we get past our ability to manage it? What if... What if it outgrows us then? And this, this is a human thing. Then I'm not valid anymore. I'm just like, no, this is, this is the biggest piece. I think when a business leader can overcome this external, this need for external validation, then everything you will, you allow, allow is a big word. Like this is I would suggest that every business leader watching this write down the word allow 50 times and just read it through, write it out. Don't type it, write it because it's training your neurotransmitters to connect. Allow, 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 you know, because we are as human beings, our own worst enemy. Everything is available to us if we just allow it to show up. Well, that is certainly a shift. I I know that because that's a word I use more and more. And I get the most strange looks when I say it. Like people will say, Jeff, you seem like you're really happy a lot. And I said, 
I am. It's just, I, I've chosen to allow it. Yeah. And they go, what? I go, well, I've just decided, <laughs> I've made a decision to allow joy. They said, well, don't you have to seek it? I said, no, no, I just allow it. But there's this, like, they, it's like a two different languages. It's like yes. a Greek and French are trying to talk. And I said, no, it's, it's allow. And I've got a lot of ways to go, but I think that is so profound, Deborah. And it's not what we're, it's that disconnect between our head and our heart and our soul, frankly. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it, Jeff. I don't, both of you actually have been talking about this. I've never really thought about it from allowing that, but that's just the way I show up. It's, I just expect it. You know, I expect joy and happiness and good relationships and that's what I get. Yeah. Well, it's the answer to everything, isn't it? When you, yeah. And you know, I had to teach it to myself. I had to, I had to, re- let me rephrase that. I had to remind myself. <laughs> I had to remind myself. Because when I was a kid, I was like happy. I was happiness yeah. looking for a place to happen. And <laughs> it got kind of programmed out of me, you know? So I had to, I chose to, I didn't, we don't have to do anything. I chose to remind myself that that is the basis of who I am. It's the basis of who we all are. And this is why my whole driver is to teach business leaders that business is not, a, not hard. It's not a struggle. It's the joy. Be joy. You know, be joy. Don't have joy. Be joy. <laughs> and be that joy in your business. And I'm not talking about a fake happiness, you know, listen, things are going to happen. You know, we can't control our environment, nor should we want to. And every time something goes sideways, if you want to term it that way, it's an opportunity to really ask yourself some poignant questions. You know, who am I being in this? I'll give you an example because I sometimes talking in these like broad brush talks, people are like, I don't know what she's saying. So I'm going through this wonderful experience with a client. We're doing, we're doing a merger and uh, I've known this client. I'm very fond of my clients because they, you know, they just have big hearts and sometimes they don't know it. So (laughs) I've been going, I've known this fellow for 20 some years and he's launched several companies. And every time I get a phone call and it's like, okay, I need, I need you to back me up here. So I, I work with him on whatever's going on and his team and it's, you know, and then it grows into like, pretty soon we have hundreds and then we have thousands of of employees and we're doing all sorts of interesting stuff. So in this particular case, um, is doing an exit and a merger and just talking them down from the ledge, you know, sometimes once a week, sometimes several times a day, it just depends because, you know, you can't control other people when you're doing a deal and it's there's you know multi millions of dollars on the table so that's been my i should put that as my role that's my title i talk you down from the ledge i did it mission accomplished here's another human being on the planet 
that wakes up every day happy just because, and it's not conditional, and is a leader of at this point, you know, it's hundreds of people because we have a we have a new organization, but soon it'll be thousands. And the ripple effect of that, this is why business is so important because businesses change lives. Yes. They, they impact communities. If we allow them to. Exactly. (laughs) And that to me is the real role of a business. Yeah. Because every person that's on that payroll is either paying rent or a mortgage or a car payment. And they either have children or they're going to have children. They have parents, they have grandparents, they, they have friends, they have, you know, associations they're part of. The ripple effect of this across humanity is exponential. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to, to us that we get this right. You know, and I say right. I mean, there's, it's not like there's only one way to do this, but it's that we do it with heart and then we do it with, with the passion and the joy that, that we can bring to it. Yeah. All day long. So, so Deborah, you've mentioned a couple of times fear. And Craig actually asked a question about it. You talked about people making fear-based decisions. So the first question is, when you're working with leaders, are you more often experiencing some sort of fear of failure or fear of success? I think they're the same thing, Jeff. I do. I mean, at the end of the day, it's fear. And fear is a program. So if you look at, um, say, the emotional scale, fear is probably the lowest. It's, it's even anger and, and rage are um, cover-ups for fear. Hmm. So you know, you're looking at a uh, program. It's not even a real emotion. It's a program. And whether you're afraid of being successful or you're afraid of failing, you're really in a place of um, misalignment with your, your who you truly are. So fear is, um, I'm really... You know, I'm unpacking this real time. Like, this is not anything I've said this way before. If that, if that, you know, quantifies it, it's like, there's so many ways of saying this. So fear is really a misalignment with who you truly are. Hmm. The God force in you, the, the inner being, the spirit of you, the soul of you, whatever. whatever. and when we get separated or when we separate ourselves or when we allow ourselves to be separated by a traumatic experience or, or a specific emotional event, then these programs can, because it's a societal based program. It's huge. It's been going on forever. Fear of loss. You know, think about it. Fear of success, fear of success is really, I'm afraid of losing my comfort zone. And fear of failure is 
I'm afraid of staying stuck. It's the same thing. So the main driver here is getting back in touch with your power. You're an infinite being that can be, do, and have anything. You can evoke anything and anyone at any time just by who you're being. So there's really nothing to fear. So to that point, Deborah, in your work, is it important or helpful? I'm not sure what's the best word for the leaders to be aware of what they're afraid of, or is it just, you talked at the very beginning about repatterning, or is it just creating a new pattern of being that doesn't have fear in it? So it doesn't matter what the fear is. Exactly. And what we focus on expands. So yeah. I never, I never go into what they're afraid of. Cause let me tell you, that is a black hole. There's no end to that. Okay. Because the more you search for, the more you're going to find. So how do you steer away from them? I get them to focus on what they're creating. Okay. Create, create, create. Three, three words. Create, receive, allow. Create, receive, allow. Create, receive, allow. Or maybe create, allow, receive. I don't know. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Who cares? It works all day long. On everything. So, so to that point, let's talk more about this repatterning idea. Maybe you just described it there. That's a phrase you used right at the beginning. What is repatterning and how does that basically happen? It happens all day long for all of us all the time. And the question is, are we in charge of our repatterning or are we letting our environment the news, our relationships, we pattern us, the movies we watch. And this is where, so this is the whole like coming full circle with naming my company. Neuroengineering Institute is teaching people how to re-engineer their neurology, which is your mind, to create the realities you want to create. And that doesn't stop at your business. It is your business. Being able to take your business to the next level is all about repatterning your thought process around what's possible. Mm. So we're all being repatterned. The question is, who are you allowing to do the repatterning? And now it really drives home some choice points. You know, what am I allowing into my mind, my heart, my reality? That's a big conversation. Hmm. So is there, I guess, you talked at the very beginning that you said your organization has tools and you talked about processes. Is there a process to repatterning? Because what what you said is, yes, I can be repatterned all day long. But that's not what you're doing at your organization. You're not saying because... there's a guiding you're having towards a repatterning. You may make me aware through your organization that it is happening. So I could be repatterned right now. I'm being patterned by this conversation. You are. But I can do that. That's going to happen if I'm open and allowing. What does that look like within Neuroengineering Institute, the process of repatterning? So 
just to play off of that, um, even if you're not open and allowing, it's still happening. So let me unpack what repatterning, what patterns are. Let's start with patterns before we even talk about repatterning. So we are human beings that live our lives and experience life through our senses. It's the only way you can experience life. And your senses are what you see, what you hear, what you touch, so tactile, your intuitive, um, what you taste, what you smell, and, and your self-talk. So what you say to yourself is really key. You know, you live and die by the quality of your self-talk. So when you understand that, that's the first step. That's where the patterns are created. For instance, you could hear a song from, say, when you're a teenager and you first fell in love, your first love, and you guys had a song. And, you know, 30 or 40 years later, that song could come on and you'd be like, oh, yep. I remember, right? <laughs> Takes you I right remember back. that. Yeah, that's a pattern. Now, when you allow yourself to go into be swept up in that, let's say, you're re, um, you're stoking the fire, so to speak. You're you're feeding the pattern. You're you're reconnecting the dots in your in your in your neurology. So reinforcing and those those roadways. Totally, you're reinforcing. You know, you're you're reinforcing that anchor, the yeah. neural pathways. The, yeah, the roadways. And if you do that enough times, which is somewhere between three, seven, and twenty-one repetitions, now that pattern becomes dominant. Wait, wait, three, seven, or twenty-one? Right, somewhere between there. Pick, pick one. <laughs> anywhere, okay. anywhere. And we don't know how many repetitions it's going to take to create that pattern. Okay. Because that's very individual, and it's it's predicated upon some significant points, and that would be. This, the depth or the significance of the emotion, um, the, 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 you know, the connection that you feel to that on all of your senses, you know, maybe in that moment, it wasn't just a sound or an auditory. Maybe you were, had your favorite Coke float or Slurpee or, or maybe you were wearing your favorite sweatshirt or, or sitting in your, your first car, you know, these are all elements to triggering your senses to instill this pattern that you can relive at a moment in, the, like in a nanosecond. So it reminds me of athletes that'll have their, their, their special shirt, you know, that, you know, they, they're attributing success to that shirt. Totally. Versus to who they were at the time. Yeah, and if you want to look at energy, if you want to really get meta, you know, they've stored that energy through their uh, emotional connection to that shirt. They've stored that energy, that thought pattern in the shirt, in that inanimate object. So then they validate that process. They put the shirt on and they go into state, huh. they right? Go. They go okay. into state. So, you know, it's like some people, when they cut their hair, they lose their power when some people, you know, I remember, I'll give you an example. I had this, um, 
this sports car when I was in my my 20s and I had a car crash and I totaled it. Oh, I lost. I, I went through this grieving process because hmm. I felt like I'd lost a part of myself. I had such a huge identity with that vehicle. Now, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. You know, this is kind of what can hold people back in life is they put their identity in these material things. And then if they lose that material, they think they've lost who they are. But here's the deal. You have the pattern to create. If you have the pattern, if you've created the pattern in yourself to create wealth, for example, if you lose all your wealth, you could create the wealth again. Right. Because you already have the pattern. So the repatterning process, Jeff, it could be changing your self-talk. I gave, I gave three words: allow, receive. What was the other word I gave? Create. Create. So you've got three words. You can create that, develop that, and foster that pattern just by writing those words repetitively for a, a month every day. There's a, there's a new pattern. And essentially, you know, we accept it in our neurology, which is our neurology is our mind is in every cell of our bodies. Our brain is a receiver transmitter. So you can, you can be, do, or have anything when you're willing to the discipline. So let me ask you the, um, a very specific question, Deborah. I think I, this is how I heard you. So let's say my pattern, using the three words to keep it simplified, let's say my pattern coming into this work okay. with you is grind, earn, achieve. I need to grind in order to earn, in order to achieve. And what I hear you saying is the, sh the repatterning may be as simple as me writing, because that's on the loop. That's the autopilot. But I'm going to start just writing and reframing it in terms of not grind, earn, achieve. It's going to be uh, create, allow, receive. So it sounds like in that context, I identified what my old pattern was but you're saying i maybe don't have to i just need to come up with the new pattern because i want a different outcome or a different experience okay for sure for sure for sure so yes because you know there's no content in content worth knowing so this is why i'm just gonna like say it uh this is why therapy doesn't work that's why therapy goes on forever. Because you go to the therapist, you talk about what's wrong. <laughs> what if there's nothing wrong with you? <laughs> now, that's a, that's a totally different perspective that a lot of people aren't willing to take. I know. But therein lies the shift, you see. Yes, that's a huge shift. That's awesome. Yeah. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if there's no failure? There's only feedback. What if... Whatever you're going through right now, whether it's with your staff, your team, your profitability, your KPIs, I don't care. What if there's nothing wrong with any of that? And it's really just to show you where to put your focus. Huh. There you go. Yeah. Good reminder. Yeah. So simple. 
It's we not normal it thinking. Complicated. Though. Well, it it's has. Not, it's not what we've been taught. Thank you. Because along, because what we've been taught, what you're saying, goes along with that that fear program that we've been fed. You know, and so this is big. Yes, it is. Well, Deborah, this is this is it is fresh. It is fresh. It is new. Uh, and I love what you said in the opening introduction, you talked about that you're helping to bring more humanity through business growth. And you gave so many examples of that. Um, as we wrap up, I want to I want to ask you this question. Um, what's the what's something going on with you or do you want to highlight or promote for you and your business? There's a lot going on. Um, so I see there's, I see everything as being just layers of possibility. Hmm. And um, so I've, I've created some stuff that I think is going to be really powerful for business owners. And um, one of them is the Business Accelerator Bootcamp. So I created this curriculum based on 20 years of traveling and speaking and coaching and training in 17 countries and noticing that no matter what size organization I was working in and, and no matter what culture, there was some very pivotal, repetitive issues that needed to be addressed and, and had possibility of development. So I created the Business Accelerator Bootcamp and it's a journey from inside of mindset and consciousness to outside of business strategy, business model, KPIs, team development. It's a whole package because there's no separation. <laughs> and uh, so I've, I've got one coming up in Q1. We haven't set a date yet, but just keep an eye on the website and, and that information will be there. And then I see there's a disconnect between how business owners care for themselves and their health for sure and and success and profitability and and making sure the needle moves every day in the company so we are we just finished interviewing and and onboarding some certified master health coaches um a couple of them are board certified so we're rolling out that platform and what's unique about it is instead of just regular business, um, health coaching, I'm going to do a live once a month with all the clients and show them how to connect the dots between their thoughts and how their bodies work, you know, how they're, how they digest food and absorb nutrients and how that connects to negative emotion and, and these limiting beliefs that they're running with, you know? So there's that. So I'm so excited about that because <laughs> I used to own a gym, you know, it's where I cut my teeth uh -huh. in terms of, yeah, loving working with people. Um, and then the third thing is for all the employees that really would like to, to become entrepreneurs, we're launching scale up society and anybody that has a side hustle that would like to do um, to learn how to develop uh, a side hustle and turn it into a revenue stream, we've got Scale Up Society. 
Um, and this is, you know, this is the season for company strategy sessions. So yeah, open to that as well. It's just, All right. there's so much. It's just really, I see this as a, like a globalized um, legacy that I'm building that will serve generations. And can, the, can people access that information via your website? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's the what is the best way for people to connect with you? Is it the website? Is it through social media or email? Definitely um, my LinkedIn profile. Yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. Okay. We've got some good stuff that's going to be cooking over there with uh, groups. I own a luxury market group on LinkedIn. We've got about 6,000 members now. So if anybody that's in the luxury markets, they're you know, they're offering high-end products. Um, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and then I can guide you over to that luxury market group. And then we've got a couple of other groups that we've got going too. Great. So, so great, Deborah. We always wrap up with a signature question. And my question for you today, Deborah, is what's that book? What's that book that people must read to enhance their leadership and their life? Well, I can't really give you a mainstream book that most people would think. Do Let's go for the tangent then. <laughs> We're good with that. Go. Uh, can I go? Okay. Oh, yeah. So um, there's actually a couple. So basically anything by Stuart Wild. Okay. You know, he, was, he was a mentor of mine uh, till he passed. He's still a mentor of mine. Um, anything by Stuart Wild. Um, and then there's a real sort of off the beaten path um, book called Ramtha. It's the white book and, uh, you know, it's not for everybody, but it really makes you question and think about your power and your capacity for creating the life that you want to live. Uh, thank you for sharing all of that, Deborah, and for all you've shared today and for that ongoing work to bring more humanity through business growth. Uh, thank you guys for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, great to have If you enjoyed this episode, please go to your favorite podcasting app, rate us, give us some comments, share some love. It helps us to get our message out to more people. Thank you so much. If you enjoy the Leadership Junkies podcast and you want to grow your leadership, we have a new course for you called Become a Confident Leader. In this course, we will share some of the keys to becoming more confident in your leadership and also to become more impactful. Go to cartavera.com confident to find out more. See you on the inside. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. 
Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.